Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The marvelous galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Hello, and welcome to the marvelous galaxy of Disney. Oh. My name is Sean. And this is Alan. And we have had such a busy day, let me tell you. We had? Yeah, you were there. I was. We went to downtown Disney, and we got charged way too much for parking. <laughs> and then we saw Quiet Place too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there is a sequel? Anyway... <laughs> So, lots of news today, and I think, let's start off with, there's some new merch in the park. Was there? Good God, girl, get a grip. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's new merch, the uh, Pride merch is out, which is exciting. Yeah, it's cool, they have their own section at the World of Disney, um, with a bunch of t-shirts, pins, uh, the lounge fly backpack, a a lot of stuff to list, so... Um, check it out if you're there, um, but it's cool that like they have a whole dedicated area for it. Yeah, they have some really cute pride clothes, unlike Target. If you're listening, <laughs> Target, your clothes are a little wax sometimes. They also had um, a whole line of pride pins, which I think everybody should check out. I was a little surprised because the pin that sold out to me is like the one that they've had before and the longest. They had, like, the little Mickey hands making a heart with the mm. rainbow in the middle of the hands. That one was selling the most. There's only a few of those left. My favorite, and the one I bought, was the Marvel logo with the different letters being different colors of the rainbow. Just in time for Avengers Campus. Yes, okay, sir. next week. And Alan bought the Star Wars one, which you can barely see the rainbow, but it's cool. If you hold it up to the light, it, like, shines through, but that's still kind of like... Yeah, the pins are... Or the... <laughs> wow. Yeah, the pin itself, uh, the the logos of the different Star Wars, um, I guess, logos, um, are, like, see-through, I guess, glass or whatever. And if you, yeah, shine it against the light, that's where it really shines through. Oh. Oh. And then uh, Anthony got a rainbow-colored stitch pin. They also have the Pixar ball, and that's all I'm remembering right now. Yeah, I think that's it. Or the ones that actually matter. Yeah, those are the ones that matter. (laughs) No, so those are really cute, so check those out online or in the park if you get a chance. Check out all the clothes, lots of cool stuff, even a new Disney fan, because you know how us gays like our fans, <laughs> one of those snap fans, and it has yeah. the rainbow with the castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that they're still doing that, but good for them. Well, I guess it's good for summer. Yeah, it is. All right, and then we had a new trailer come out recently. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so the Eternals uh, trailer just dropped a few days ago, and it was, I mean, this is our first time seeing a glimpse of what the movie is going to be, so I'm really excited for it. The cast, everyone in there looks awesome. Um, We have Richard Madden, who plays Icarus, um, and then Gemma Chan, who's Cersei, so they seem like one of the bigger characters in the movie. Um, but what are your thoughts, Sean? Um, I think it's going to be a big movie. And just to go into a little bit of details, the Eternals um, came out in 1976, created by 
Jack Kirby, who, of course, is a legend of uh, comic books. And the Eternals are interesting because they're kind of the origin story for the Marvel Universe. So I think this movie is going to give us a lot of answers, but also open up a lot more questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Eternals came about because the Celestials, who are these, like, huge, like, almost near-impossible-to-defeat space gods, uh, created the Eternals and the Deviants. So the Deviants are, like, these mutated, gross things that the Eternals were set up to fight. And it's funny because in one of the recent Eternals comic books I read, uh, they made a point to say kind of that even though the Eternals have names that mirror different gods that we know, like Icarus, for example, Mm -hmm. um, they're not supposed to portray those gods. So it's like the idea that they've been around so long that the gods were created off of like the image of the Eternals in a way. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, we have some interesting characters coming into this. And also, the Eternals, they they link to a lot of other Marvel lore. Like, for example, the Eternals have a lot to do with Titan, where Thanos is from. Oh. And the Eternals are also the catalyst that started the line of mutants. So, I'm wondering if that's why they're going back to the beginning to kind of reset and, like, make new lore from this. But I'm excited. Well, it's interesting because in the timeline, it shows that it's going to happen, I guess, after the events of Endgame. Because, I guess it's not a spoiler or anything, but at the end of the trailer, they're (laughs) like, oh, who's going to take over Captain America and... Uh, Iron Man's role. Yeah, so I love that line because I think that's a huge hint that, like, they're watching. They yeah. know what's going on, and they yeah. they know it enough to where they called him Captain Rogers. They didn't even call him Captain America. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the most exciting part, and it's a very small piece of the trailer, is... Uh, sorry if I say this, his name wrong, but Kumail Nijani, who plays Kingo... His scene in the trailer is like a Bollywood almost type of um, scene. So hopefully we get like a Bollywood number during the movie. That'd be really cool. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of his. I think he's really funny, um, even if the last movie he was in was not as funny. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called right now. It came and went so fast. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's very funny. I liked him a lot in the new uh, Twilight Zone. I saw him in an episode oh. of that. But uh, he said that he based his performance off of... He wants to come off like John McClane from the Die Hard series. He just wants to be very, like, snappy and wisecracky. But also, um, he kind of looked to a Bollywood actor to base his style off of, too. So I like that he's bringing in these different elements, and Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be fun. I think the biggest news that people have been talking about for this movie for a while is Marvel's first gay hero in the MCU. Ooh, who's that? So that is going to be Phaestos, played by Brian Tyree Henry. Oh. He is the black man in the trailer. Okay. So yeah, this is, I mean, um, we've already had our first gay character officially in um, Endgame. He was one of the Circle of Survivors which was actually one of the directors, interestingly enough. They wanted to make sure, like, we want people to know that we did this and that Mm -hmm. we support this. So one of them decided to play the gay man. Yeah. But, yeah, this will be our first hero, though. Yeah. But it's exciting to... I mean, like, there's just so many characters in this movie. I just feel like it's going to spot a new type of 
generation of more, you know, Marvel characters for us to probably have their own spinoffs and everything. Yeah. And I think the part that I'm most excited about, and we didn't get to see him in the trailer, but Kit Harington, which most of us know as Jon Snow from the Game of Thrones series, Mm -hmm. he is going to be in the movie as Dane Whitman, who, if you don't know who Dane Whitman is, he's the Black Knight. And what's really exciting about this to me is the Black Knight comes from a side of Marvel that's very set in the British lore. Like, uh, we have the Excalibur comics, we have Captain Britain, who's been kind of rumored to be coming into the MCU for a while now. And it's more, since it's based in Britain, it's more of a mythical thing. Like, there's a whole other mm-hmm. world with, like, Merlin and fairies and stuff like that. So... I'm hoping that the Black Knight being in Eternals is going to be a backdoor to bringing in more of a mythical side of Marvel because they're constantly trying to find ways to, like, broaden their horizons. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm so excited for this one. I'm very excited. Yeah. You can hear my excitement. Okay. so excited. (laughs) I don't like you. (laughs) All right, and next up, we did want to take a minute because uh, last week we had some very um, sad news. Samuel E. Wright, who was the voice of Sebastian, died at 74 years old. So it's I feel like our uh, generation, you know, we're very yeah. much the 80s kids. We're getting to that point where the people who were our heroes, we're going to have to start watching them pass away. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely sad. Um but, you know, I mean, it's, his character will always live on, which is the nice thing to think about. Yeah, and I remember when The Little Mermaid came out, I, I want to say I was like six, I think. Um, I remember how big of a deal it was. Like, I remember watching um, Samuel E. Wright on TV, like, performing Under the Sea mm-hmm. and just, you know, this whole world built up around Little Mermaid. It was like the savior of Disney, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he definitely stole the show. I mean, Under the Sea is just so iconic. <laughs> yeah. I remember walking out of the movie theater with my grandma and my mom, and I told my grandma she's our <laughs> She looked, wow. she looked like Ursula. She's a big woman. Wow. <laughs> and she hasn't gone all day. She's a drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think this, the psyche part of not having an annual pass is that we can't, like, we don't have the privilege of writing Little Mermaid's Voyage to write it in his honor. But, yeah. you know, definitely when we're back in the park at DCA, we'll have to be a must-ride for sure. Yeah, definitely. On a more uplifting news, talking about rides, uh, there's a certain ride reopening on July 16th. Yeah, actually, there's a lot of rides that Disneyland has announced. Um, yeah, July 16th, Jungle Cruise is finally opening or reopening uh, with all the new uh, refurbishments that they had uh, announced you know, a while back. Um, but it's interesting for Walt Disney World because in the Magic Kingdom, they're actually doing the construction while the ride is still going. I honestly prefer it how Disneyland is doing it, where everything is hidden until we actually see all the updates, which is, I feel better. <laughs> yeah, that's more exciting, right? Yeah. And luckily, uh, I just found out uh, two days ago, um, I'm going back to Disneyland on July 22nd, wow. just in time to see the updates. So yeah. I'll, I'll take notes. I can bring them to the show. Yeah, take pictures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and then another ride in Adventureland, or we can maybe get this. Just, this is move on. <laughs> attraction um, is the Enchanted Tiki Room. It's actually has been open as of May twenty sixth, um, and the way the reopening is with new health and safety guidelines. Of course, um, we're in that waiting area where you get the Dole Whip. They have um, those like floor stickers to tell people where to stand, and then they also space people out within the show as well too. So good for Disney that they're still continuing the health and safety guidelines that they should. And in case you're wondering, I heard there's a really great five-part comic book series based <laughs> on Enchanted Tiki Room that you can read. Yeah, if, if you're bored and have nothing to do, yeah. I'm sure, a time suck for sure. I mean, as I was reading it, I had to really ask myself, do I want to continue reading this or stick pencils in my eyes? And the tiki tiki <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters is also reopening on June 26th. Yeah, I love that ride, and I'm so excited for it to reopen. Only because you scored higher than me when we went on it. Well, not just you. Oh! Did I ever tell you that I got the third highest score um, one one time? One time. Well, it's difficult. It's a tough <laughs> ride. There's There's a lot of secrets. Yeah. And you're not going to share any of them with me. Well, you just have to find out. Or maybe we'll have an episode talking oh about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly of the rides to reopen at Disneyland is Matterhorn Bobsleds. I, I didn't even know that they it was closed for refurbishment. It was I, closed when we went. Yeah, but I, I thought it was just closed because of like they needed to figure out social distancing guidelines. Oh. But yeah, it's reopening uh, July 2nd. I can go on that, too. Yay! Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And also, Disneyland has just announced that they are opening their parks to out-of-state guests starting on June 15th. Yeah, so soon. Well, I mean, like, great for, like, the out-of-home, out-of-state people. Yeah. But um, it's funny because I follow, I'm part of, like, one of those, like, Facebook groups of Disneyland fans, and right now a lot of the chatter between, like, there's a lot of chatter between in-state or Californians versus out-of-state fans. And, like, Californians are just so, like... Some people call them, call us, I guess, privileged or whatever because we have some out-of-state people asking, like, the forums, like, oh, like, I'm from out-of-state. Do they check IDs? This was before, you know, if they have the June 15th thing. Um, and, like, am I able to go? And then a bunch of Californians are like, well, you shouldn't even be going anyways. You should wait your turn. And, I mean, I, I can see that, too. But at the same time, like, if I was a Disney fan out of state, I'd probably do the same thing, too. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, a part of me who's, like, we pay through the nose to live near Disneyland. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's like, yeah, it should be fair for everybody. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's a tough thing to – I see both sides. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what would make everybody happy? What? A dull whip. Dull whip? Yes. <laughs> and how about a dull whip taco? Mm, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Does it though? <laughs> Tell me about this thing because yeah. I'm confused at this moment. <laughs> so at Disney World, um, in the, I believe it's in down, or their Disney Springs uh, Marketplace Snacks, there is a Dole Whip taco where it's basically, it's not pineapple Dole Whip, it's watermelon Dole Whip, which sounds awesome. <laughs> but what they do is they they put it uh, in a watermelon wedge. So it's not like a taco that you know, it's just like Dole Whip, ta- or Dole Whip watermelon in watermelon. So like a little bit of an inception of watermelon. 
<laughs> Are you dreaming about watermelon? <laughs> so, I mean, that sounds amazing to me. Um, so if you're out... Oh, and then they also sprinkle chocolate sprinkles around it on top of it so it looks like the watermelon seeds. Oh, that's cute. It is cute <laughs> and very Instagrammable. So I'm sure if you do a quick hashtag Dole Whip Watermelon or Dole Whip Taco, you'll, you'll find it on IG. Okay, okay. <laughs> so in other news, um, we actually just got one of our Marvel heroes who has been heavily rumored to have, well, we already know he has his own TV show, but we, la- we talked last week about how he may be in a movie or TV show along with Scarlet Witch. So the one I'm referring to is Moon Knight. Moon Knight, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie to y'all. <laughs> I haven't always been a fan of Moon Knight because, like, he's kind of weird. But I did read one of his latest runs, and it was actually really good. So I'm excited to see him on the big screen. Well, Wait, my there's, TV. there's a character that's weird and you don't like it? Yeah. Now that's weird. So Moon Knight uh, came into the comics in August of 1975. His first appearance was in, get this, Werewolf by Night, number 32. Oh. And if you listened to our last episode, Werewolf by Night was one of the characters that he may be starring beside in the rumored show. But they finally cast him. So Moon Knight, his kind of weird thing is he has alter egos. He has multiple personality disorder. Hmm. So, like, when you read his comics, you'll see he has, um, for example... One of them is a millionaire, and people kind of make fun of this because he's a millionaire superhero who uses boomerang-like projectiles that are called moon rings. Moon rings. Moon rings? It doesn't have the same... (laughs) It doesn't have that same, like, battering, you know, battering fits. Moon rings are kind of... That's very uh, Batman-esque. Yes, it is. So he has uh, Stephen Grant is one of his personalities, Jake Lockley, um, and he's been blessed by the powers of Khonshu, who is an Egyptian god, and he goes out at night and he fights evil. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) And they chose the best actor to portray him. I'm very happy. I don't see how anybody could not like this actor. (laughs) Oscar Isaac is officially our Moon Knight. Yay! I'm excited for that. Yeah, seeing him all like in sexy, tight fitting clothes. Yeah. I mean, you probably can't see his face based on, you know, all the animated drawings of him, but, <laughs> you know, maybe they'll make an exception for this one. Mm hmm. Yeah, so we'll see that coming to uh, Disney Plus, and I'm excited to see how they build more of. I guess kind of the the underworld of Marvel because I feel like Moon Knight's very much like a daredevil type hero where he kind of works alone in the shadows mm. and he's kind of more of a rumor whereas our other heroes are more like out in the public eye. So yeah. that's going to be exciting. It is and I'm, I'm happy to or I can't wait to meet all his personalities. Yeah, and if each one of them <laughs> wants to woo me, like I'll just go along with it. <laughs> All right, another Disney Plus show. Oh, what what's that? Monsters at Work. Oh, what's that about? 
So this one, coming straight out of Monsters, Inc., it's going to be more of a lighthearted comedy where it focuses on different monsters and what their workday looks like. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's The Office with monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like one of the main characters, his name is Tyler Tuxman. Yeah, Tuxman. Um, and he is this purple monster with uh, big horns and he he'll be joining the monsters inc facilities team um so yeah they they showed some um, of what the monsters the new monsters in this show looks like and it looks pretty cool um and yeah it comes out july 2nd wow that's so soon that is soon i feel like we knew nothing about this for so long (laughs) and now it's here in a month (laughs) yeah they could have at least prepped this a little bit gosh disney so, what's your relation with the Monsters movies? Are you excited about this? I love them. I mean, I loved... I, I'll be honest, I do like Monsters Inc. more than Monsters University. Yeah, I feel like Monsters University was good enough to where, like, I questioned if I liked it more than Monsters Inc., mm-hmm. which is, like, as much as it can ask for a sequel. Like, if yeah. I have to question which one's better, like, you did a good job with the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they're fun. It was... I feel like Monsters University was as good as it was because it set up a lot of jokes since we already met the monsters in Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one, it seems like there's a lot of new characters to get to know, and it's not just depending on Mike Wazowski and Sully this time. It's like a fresh batch of monsters. Yeah, I think what I would like to see from it, I mean, we I don't know what to expect, but I think it would be fun since there are so many monsters in the movies if we at least get to see some of like the background monsters mm-hmm. and explore them a little bit more cuz I saw this done with uh, it, it stuck with me even after all this time. It was this book called um Tales from Jabba's Palace. Mm-hmm. And like I remember specifically one of the stories was I don't remember his name right now. But in Return of the Jedi, there's the very, like, large, overweight man not wearing a shirt, and he starts crying when the Rancor gets killed by Luke. Do you remember him? No. No? (laughs) In the book, it went into detail about how he was, I think, I mean, I'm going off of memory here, so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but he was, like, a monster collector, I think, and he went on a quest to find, like, a Rancor and tame it, and he put all this love and care into this monster, so it made it even funnier after knowing the backstory. It made sense as to why he was crying, because this was his baby, so, like... I bring all that up just to say <laughs> it would be fun to see some of the monster stories yeah. and even if like it adds to the movies rewatching them knowing more about where they come from. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be Disney's like an expert at this but like homages and um, just little Easter eggs of the the movies, the past movies. So, I'm excited to look out for those. I didn't know it takes place at Easter too. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I'll leave the bad jokes to you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. All right, let's talk about Web Slingers. Yeah, so they released more details of how to... Okay, so first off, if you're not familiar with this ride, it's similar to... Uh, Toy Story Mania. Toy Story Mania, Buzz Lightyear, Astro Blasters, where you're... <laughs> Did you just say naughty things? <laughs> <laughs> where you're basically shooting at things and getting a score. 
Um, so you're gonna the, the, during the ride, you're actually gonna get either an in, or you're gonna get both an individual score as well as a team score for your whole, your whole car. So you can either play together um, and look at it that way, or like some people <laughs> who are very competitive only look at your individual score to make sure that you have the highest amongst everyone in your car. Alan's describing this because he is the most competitive person <laughs> ever. No. Whenever I introduce him to a mo- new board no. game, he gets upset if we have to work as what? a team and there's not a winner because no. he wants to win even though I beat him most of the time. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's why I'm being so nice because I'm sharing how to get a high score on this ride. So, during the ride, uh, apparently there are... So the goal of the ride is to shoot a bunch of spider bots because they have multiplied and they're wreaking havoc into all of Avengers campus. Um, so your job is to use your spider abilities or your web slinging abilities to get uh, capture the spider bots. And during the ride, all the spider bots actually glow in different colors. So there's um, so they glow in red when they eat things. Um, there's also one that turns blue when they're about to self replicate. And then there's another one where if they're green, kind of like the Hulk, they, they grow um, bigger. Um, and then there is a handful of bots that are gold. They have like a gold heat shield. Um, and the gold ones are the ones that, are, that have the most points. So make sure when you do look out for them, find the gold ones and make sure to hit them first. Um, and then they go down by value from green to blue and red. So red is the least scored uh, bot. So, I mean, if they're there, shoot them, but focus more on the golden greens. So, I have a question. Okay. If Doctor Strange were to go on this ride, would it be Magic Havoc? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? It's a shop on Etsy. What do you mean? <laughs> Sean. Oh, good plug there. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and we... Um, and we actually went to downtown Disney today <laughs> with the idea, like, let's buy the, the web shooters. Yeah. And you can't buy them unless you're actually inside DCA. So it was a fail. Yeah. the um, When Disney Parks blog announced that they'll be available at the Backlot store, they didn't say that that store is no longer available to downtown Disney guests. It's only available to DCA guests now, mm-hmm. which is a bummer, but... We'll definitely try to get it before we ride the ride if we can. Um, but yeah, so that's another tip as well too. Is if you want an even higher score with not just the basic, you know, your basic hands, you can buy these upgrades that we had mentioned in the last episode, where you'll get more points for using them. Or you know, some people say you you pay more to to get a higher score. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> what it is. Yeah. But like after watching videos on it, they're pretty fun because. You can go bare bones and get the power band, which is $35. That alone will give you some um, upgrades in the ride. Mm -hmm. And that one goes on your forearm. So uh, that's basically like the power strip in a way for the actual like Mm add-ons. The add-ons come in one of four styles. You can get Spider-Man. You can get Ghost Spider, who is uh, Gwen Stacy, I almost said Gwen Stefani. Wow. Gwen Stacy in her uh, Spider-Man outfit, mm-hmm. Ghost Spider. Um, you can get Iron Man, or you can get Rescue, and Rescue is Pepper Potts in her kind of purple blue um, Iron Man outfit. 
These cost $30 a piece. So looking at the power band, which is 35 plus the upgrade, which is 30, you are looking at upwards of $65 if you want the whole shebang. Yeah. And um, AP holders or AP discount uh, legacy pass holders, uh, they don't apply to the base power band or, yeah, the tech power band. Uh, you can, however, do get the discount for the upgrades um, that John had mentioned. Mm-hmm. So just something to consider. And they're also non-refundable, too. Yeah. So once you buy it, you have, it's yours because I'm sure they're scared of people like buying it, writing the ride, and then returning it. <laughs> so what's fun about these is you plug it into the power band. I'm looking down at our notes to try to get all these <laughs> terms right. And the Spider-Man and uh, Ghost Spider ones, it goes on your forearm. So you hold out your arm with your wrist up like Spider-Man does. And there's actually like a pressure point that you use your two fingers on to shoot and it has different modes on it so there's different lights per mode and there is a mode where you can like shoot out a string i guess <laughs> it's a short piece of string yeah it's a short piece of string <laughs> i was wondering how that was going to work when i heard but it, it like it's cool and lame at the same time because yeah. it's so short you can't really do much with it but <laughs> yeah. it's so cool it does it but you can put it in a game mode when you're on the ride and it does like different things and that's how it kind of interacts with the whole Spider-Bot thing. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about the Iron Man and Rescue one is um, it goes on your underarm and then when you pull back on the repulsor, it fires that way. So that's kind of the trigger is pulling your your upper hand back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like moving wrist your wrist back. back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that one, you know, outside of the ride, too. I think this is a cool thing is it's not just, like, something to buy only for the ride. You can still play around with it outside of the ride, too. So, as Sean mentioned about the spider ones, you can shoot a string. <laughs> um, the Repulsor Iron Man ones, Iron Man Rescue ones, they, they have, like, a fan where the, the light is on the palm. And it's supposed, like, it comes with these things called, like, I think training balls or training spears and <laughs> and uh, you can have it float on your palm so it's like that like that magic gra- anti-gravity trick or I see a lot of people do this so probably on a hot day use it as a fan to you know cool off themselves yeah but based on the video we watched it looks like the fan isn't that strong yeah she said she could barely <laughs> feel it but yeah it's still fun that these aren't just a cash grab to use on the ride they're actually like toys too so yeah very expensive toys very expensive will we get it probably (laughs) (laughs) probably we will we will yeah it just i mean i'm gonna rant a little bit but it sucks that it's only available at dca like to dca guests right now they if they're disney was smart enough they would they should put it in the um you know world of disney because now nowadays since we don't have passes and you're also it it's in order to ride the ride you have to get on the virtual queue like on rise of the resistance you're only going to be able to ride it one time for that visit so you know i mean i would sometimes i would probably personally like to ride it once without it and then another time with a toy but now to make a decision whether or not i want to Ride it with a toy or not. Yeah. I mean, first world problems, but yeah. not Disney. <laughs> <laughs> wow. At least you know. <laughs> 
so that's all the news we have for today. What we're going to do is play a cover Disney for you. And actually, we're going to be seeing the Cruella movie tomorrow, which is mm-hmm. Sunday. And we're going to come back and give you a spoiler-free review on how we felt about Cruella as the end of our episode today. Yes. Yes. So then, of course, um, I'm going to go into the cover Disney. And then after that, you can choose to stick around if you want the spoiler-free or not. You're going to stick around. You're going to stick around. You're going to want to hear it. You're going to want to hear it because, yeah, we're going to like it. Yeah. So before we get into cover Disney, I wanted to kind of, since we haven't seen it yet, what do you expect from the Cruella movie? I'm ex- Well, okay, when I first heard that they were doing a Cruella um, movie, I wasn't, like, super excited because I wasn't really into the whole 101 Dalmatians, but then just, like, watching the trailer and just kind of looking into it a little bit more, I like how they're having that twist of, like, the... British like grunge type era mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that there's like that type of music during it and then I also heard that Corella's character is going to be a character that not like Maleficent where you kind of end up like kind of liking her this one I think you're gonna it sounds like you're not gonna really like her that much okay <laughs> which I, I it might sound weird but I think it, it's kind of like a good thing for her yeah I think um I think what's PQing my interest right now is it kind of in the preview it showed a part where there were Dalmatians involved. Mm. So I'm wondering if it's going to like give us a reason why Mm. she doesn't like dogs. And I wasn't really aware until today, but I guess uh, Roger and Anita are in it. Where if you've seen the original cartoon, Roger and Anita were the owners of the puppies. So I'm wondering how that's all going to come together. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so I'm excited. I can't wait. I wish we could watch it right now. I know, but we chose A Quiet Place too. A Quiet Place as well? <laughs> no, we, it was because we wanted to involve people who couldn't see Cruella today. So that's why we're doing it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're nice people. One of us is. <laughs> All right, today's cover Disney. This is actually from a band that I think they're pretty big. I think we've all heard of them before. And this is off of an album. Like, oh my God, this album blew my mind. I remember there was this MTV show where they like showed music videos and then people would like talk about if it was a good video or not. MTV shows music videos? They used to. (laughs) That's how old I am. And so this comes from a little-known band named Blink-182. Oh, I know them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so this song is off of um, Dude Ranch. Wow, I can't believe I remember the album name. Oh. But this song is called A New Hope. And I chose it because it's not a cover per se, but it's all about Princess Leia. And it's about Star Wars. And there's so many Star Wars references. And it always made me so happy when I was young. So you lied. It's not a cover. I, I, I just said that. <laughs> I just said, I didn't lie. I was really open with this fact. <laughs> All right, so here's a taste of A New Hope by Blink-182. Oh, oh. Just lay where are you tonight? 
How did you like that little ditty? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It yeah. was. It felt very Green Day to me. I felt like Green Day would have sung this song versus yeah. Blink-182. That's how Blink-182 used to sound. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but it was good. The legs were good. Um, I feel bad for him because he wanted Leia to wake up next to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Leia. Wow. Leia. Wow. Leia with the Playa. Which is one of my favorite Disney princesses. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, stay tuned for our Cruella review. Yeah, stay put. I am woman, hear me roar. I'm just getting started, darling. The thing is, I was born brilliant. I'm cruel. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Oh, and all those in between, we are back and we have watched the movie Cruella, and we are here to share some spoiler-free thoughts on it. So, Alan, what were your thoughts on the movie? I liked it. I guess I can give the perspective of someone who hasn't seen the original cartoon. You see, she admits it. Of course, I'm not a liar. Oh. Yeah, so I haven't seen, you know, the original cartoon, 101 Dalmatians, but I know the general plot of the movie, so... I, even though I haven't seen it, I still enjoyed it. So even if you haven't seen it, um, I still recommend watching uh, the Cruella movie. But it was good. Um, you know, it was if you enjoy fashion, if you enjoy good music, um, and just great acting from Emma Stone, it's uh, definitely a movie I, I'd recommend to watch. Yeah, and I would almost call this movie like the Battle of the Emmas because <laughs> Emma Stone and Emma Thompson are such big actresses Mm -hmm. and they know how to command the screen so it was just so fascinating to watch them yeah yeah and it was um fun i was told i would like the music and i did i love the fashion Mm -hmm. my only question i would say without giving anything away is I'm not able to connect the dots between the Corella in this movie and the Corella in 101 Dalmatians yet. Yeah. And I will say that I, after watching Corella, we did come back and watch 101 Dalmatians cartoon. Because we're that dedicated. I am, but... <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, there definitely is a bit of a disconnect. Um, if you do watch the movie, you'll kind of see some of it. Um, but at the same time, too, I do how I do like how they kind of continued on the story at the end to kind of, to the um, the setup. Yeah, the setup to to the cartoon as well too. So that was cool. Yeah, and besides the Emmas, we had uh, Joel Fry as Jasper and Paul Walter Hauser as Horace. So we know them from the cartoons. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on how they were used in the movie? I like them. I mean, in the cartoon, they were just very, like, this, the typical dumb, like, 
you know, henchmen of the villain. Um, and this one they had, in the in Corella, they had more, like, personality. They, um, you know, you, you got their kind of backstory as well, too, on, like, how they met Corella. Um, so, yeah, it made you like them. Yeah, and I really liked, because, I mean, we're in the world of fashion here, which, and that also, I feel gives kind of a nod to the um, Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians because she was in fashion. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they kind of bridge the gap between not only the cartoon, but the live action movie, which is nice because I feel like if this one doesn't spawn any sequels, at least we have one that can be considered a prequel to either. Mm -hmm. But um, I liked that we had John McRae, who is an openly gay man and Disney put him in the movie as an openly gay man in fashion. Yeah. So he played Artie, the owner of the uh, the fashion store. Yeah. And they never, like, they didn't have him dance with the man at the end of the movie <laughs> or, like, you know, take uh, go on a date with the guy who holds a lion in his pictures on uh, the apps. Yeah. But... He was very flamboyant, so it's easy to infer that he's gay. Yeah. And I like that. I like that they didn't shy away from it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, a here's a gay character, so let's just make sure everyone knows that he's gay. You just kind of can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was the owner of this, like, I guess, high-end thrift shop um, in London. So, yeah, I mean, he was very... Fabulous, <laughs> but also like he he played a role in the movie as well too. Um, I won't give any spoilers, but he was a um, a kick-ass person. Yeah, and it was exciting seeing since we talked about it last week. Kay Van Novak, who played Roger, who of course Rogers in the cartoon, mm-hmm. but Kay Van Novak is one of our actors from What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. He plays Nandor in What We Do in the Shadows. No wonder he looks familiar. Yeah, because I just made you watch some of that. Yeah. So, yeah, great cast all around. Um, familiar faces, new faces, whatnot. And um, I always love seeing Mark Strong. He, of course... In The Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Shazam. He was the villain. Yeah. So, yeah, very fun movie. I loved the music. I loved the acting. I loved the fashion. I What did you think of the story? It was good. It was creative, like, for what they could make out of, you know, uh, a villain or, you know, out of the cartoon. They did a really good job of expanding her story and making her not just a one-dimensional character as well, too. Um, and I also liked... Because uh, you, you mentioned, like, the casting. I liked how it was a very diverse cast as well, too. It wasn't... It was, you know... Uh, we had um, characters who were, you know, African-American, a lot of Asian characters or Asian um, actors in there as well, too. Um, so that was really cool. Like, an, uh, Anita. Anita's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, from, Anita Darling. Yes. She, she's African-American, which was, which was really cool to see. Um, even Jasper, he is, um, I believe he's half African American. So, you know, all of that, it's, they didn't like stick true to the color casting of the, the animated movie. Yeah, I like that a lot. I liked, um, 
I like that we got to see Corella as, like, we saw why she was crazy, and we mm-hmm. saw her get to be a little bit crazy, but she does have a heart. Um, I would say, more than anything, this movie left me wanting more. There is talk of a possible sequel, depending on how this one does. And right now, as we record this, it's at a 73% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So it's actually doing pretty good for a Disney movie. Yeah. I mean, a live action action Disney. Because I feel like live action Disney movies, people love them or hate them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like it too because going as an adult, I feel it... I mean, I don't want to say, like, it, it's not only for... It's not for kids, but, like, I feel like adults, it's kind of... Because there are dark, some dark moments, so I think probably adult viewers will probably enjoy it more than kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a little over two hours long, so I know we had some kids sitting in the theater, and they kind of started getting antsy. Yeah, the movie, like, literally just started, and he's like, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, kid, come on. Yeah, so... Yeah, so would you recommend that people should see this in theaters? Absolutely not. Uh, no. no, yeah, definitely in the theaters, um, especially, you know, seeing the fashion and just, like, the effects of it, too. It was a beautiful movie, like, they and they recreated, um, you know, the time period great as well, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely recommend it in theaters versus um, at home. I mean, if you're... If you're not comfortable going to the theaters, definitely still try to watch it. But if you can get out and support your local theater, do it. Yeah, buy nachos. And popcorn. And an icy. And Coke. Or coffee. All right, so that's our take on Corolla. We are on the Love It side. I know it's getting kind of mixed reviews, more so towards the positive than the negative. Mm-hmm. But we here at Marvelous Galaxy of Disney think that you should see it as soon as you can yes alright that's our show we will see you next week yay yay